from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. Well, we have made it through the week. I think we've made it through the week, almost. It's the beginning of the day on Friday, if you're watching this at a different time. So um, thank you for joining us for your first, second, or third cup of coffee. I've already had one cup of coffee, so for the sake of the crew, that's it. I've switched to vitamin water. We are very excited about our show today. I know Faye's like, oh no, Kathy's already had a cup of coffee. I'm very excited about no, our show the- today. <laughs> we've got we've got Faye Curtis, and if you're a member of the crew, you know she is a member of the crew and has been a longtime friend um, uh, to JP and to myself, and just an amazing, amazing woman, a uh, community servant, um, somebody who just throws all of her heart into the things she is passionate about, and um, um, she's been on our radio show, our podcast. She's been on a couple of our different podcasts. Um, and we're real excited to have her um, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And she's going to be talking about her friend who she is honoring, how you can help. And then um, a number of you, since we've had Brandy on the show talking about Brandy Braley, talking about breast cancer awareness, and she's doing the same walk that Faye is doing. We're going to talk about, if you're interested, a number of folks have said, how do you get involved in the walk? I'm sure you don't just pop up and do it that day. How do you plan ahead? And so Faye's going to talk with us about that. Um, Then we have Congressman Van Taylor, very important topic that just literally seems to become more and more imperative uh, to tackle with the lack of help from the federal government here in our own state um, with the, the limited options that we have, and that is the border. He's been back to the border again, and um, we're, we're going to be talking about that with him and, um, you know, just who do you need to write? Who do you need, you know, do you need to get in touch with your state rep, with your congressman, um, you know, with the president, with the governor? Who do you need to reach out to as we the people to say, hey, enough is enough, and, um, and we're not okay with this human crisis? So um, we'll be talking with him uh, the second half of the show, and I, I don't know if we'll have time for any news or anything fun um, before or after that, but we'll we'll find out. It's Friday, so you never know on J.P., Kathy, and the crew. Uh, Faye Curtis, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? We're doing well. We are doing well. We're so excited (laughs) to hear your beautiful voice. I know you're in the middle of an audit at work, so I think you're actually in your car waiting to go into your office building. Um, So, uh, we, of course, we always love it when you're here in studio with us, but if we can only get you on, um, you know, a Zoom link, we'll take you any way we can get you. And what you're going to notice are some different pictures that will pop up throughout our segment with Faye today. And and Faye, let's talk about this first picture, a beautiful picture of you and your friend. And um, obviously you're here and I, I and you'll be proud of me. I even grabbed my pink shirt, my pink um, jacket and a, a scarf that had pink in it um, today, um, you know, to support you and your efforts to support breast cancer awareness. So who is this beautiful woman who is in this picture with you? It looks like maybe you've got a pink lay on or a pink boa on in this picture and then you've got this gorgeous lady with a ball cap popping up behind you so let's talk about her you you know what i I bling out when it comes to doing a three-day walk (laughs) shocking Uh, (laughs) yes yes the three-day walk is where we uh we walk 60 miles we walk 20 miles a day for three days in lieu of uh, everybody that's been affected by breast cancer. In uh, this photo was one of the days, I think it was in 2017, I believe, we were getting ready to, it was day three. We just did uh, 40 miles. So wow. we were on day three and we were getting ready that morning. And as everyone knows, I love photos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, so that is my friend Michelle, and we were we were up early getting ready to do our third day of a sixty mile walk. Well, so. I love love this, and of course we've got Brett is doing a fantastic job today, and he has you know Faye is honoring Michelle Bertone Buck. Am I saying her her name correctly? Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. that that's who you're walking in honor of this year. I know when you were in studio um talking about um Operation uh Christmas Child is that did I get that correct? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you had a beautiful um, pink, almost leather-looking brooch on, and I believe your friend Michelle had made that um, for you. Is that? Am I right about yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. this is somebody yeah. who you had a really close relationship with, and you you loved dearly. I I did, and I met her in uh, around I think it was 2015, 2016, and. It was my first walk, as a matter of fact. And before that, I uh, we used to do barbecue cook-off competitions at a, a software where I used to work. And we supported them by doing all the cook-offs at Harley-Davidson in Carrollton. And that's how I met all the ladies. Uh, Rochelle was the one that actually introduced me to the team. So I joined the team. But uh, more importantly, after that, me and Michelle kind of hooked up with each other. She kind of, when I was on my first walk, I was so nervous. Let me tell you, when you got to walk 20 miles a day for three days, that is no joke. That, that, that's, that's a lot, I mean, that's a lot of walking, and you know, that's, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that you were even nervous about that, you know, and Faye Curtis, who's like Superwoman, you got nervous about that, because that's, that's a a huge commitment. So, and a, a member of a number of members of the crew, um, since we had Brandy on at the beginning of the month to kick off Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they've asked, you know, how do you plan? You know, do, because obviously you don't just wake up and go, well, "I'm walking 20 miles today." Do you do you prepare? No. What do you recommend to people if if they're thinking, "Hey, this time next year, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to be part of the Breast Cancer Awareness Walk." Uh, you know, it comes down to, uh, I have a great team. My team's name is Pink Souls in the Motion, and there are a lot of great teams out there. So what we do as uh, pink sisters and gentlemen, you you train. You train all year. You've got to, you know, do training walks. You've got to, to con- condition your body to to walk. It's not a race. It's, it's a walk. And if you see the picture that's on the screen, that is me actually doing a walk. And it's a day three, and it. we all walk together. We sing, we laugh, we talk. But you start at six thirty, seven o'clock a.m., and you're literally walking all day. Wow! <laughs> but wow. The cool thing is, the Superwoman is so great. You have pit stops, you have water, you break for lunch. So, you know what I would say to anybody: if you are interested in doing the walk, give me a call because. Uh, I can show you how to sign up. You can be a part of our team. And it's just a fun environment um, to do because you're walking for a cure. You're walking for for everybody that's been affected. And it's not just breast cancer. We walk for, you know, all types of cancer. So know that we're supporting you. And if anybody out there has been affected in their family from breast cancer, Please let me know their name, and I I wear a brooch with everybody's different names on me when I walk. Oh, I love I it. On, I will put that on my brooch and walk for them this year. Oh, I love that. As a matter of fact, I've got um, I, my stepmom is a survivor of breast cancer. My mom is a is a survivor of breast cancer, and both of them long time. Like my mom, I want to say she's like thirty. 30 years breast breast cancer free, I believe now. Um, and, and like I said, my stepmom is a breast cancer survivor. And then we've got another member of the crew, uh, Missy Drew, who's recently gone through um, breast cancer and is finishing up um, her last rounds of um, in, infusions, some type of like a chemo. She's done the radiation, so some type of chemo infusion. Um, and then they're checking her bones to make sure everything everything's good there. So, um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I definitely have some names to give you. And, um, yeah, okay, and, and let me ask you, if if you – is so would I make a donation? And I, I think you've reached. And um, I know JP and I had shared out your, your fundraising link. I think you've already met this year's goal, and you're working on next year's goal. Am I correct about that? Yeah. You are absolutely correct, Kathy. Wow. So the, the 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 irony of it is, is yes, I have reached my goal. And Michelle, we made plans before she passed. We made plans to do Dallas and San Diego. Wow. So that was canceled this year due to COVID. So the only walk this year is San Diego. In honor of Michelle, I am walking San Diego, and next year I'm walking Dallas. 
I'm doing both of those walks in honor of her because I promised her that I would do it. I the love lovely it. thing about Michelle is her picture. She has the most beautiful smile. Before she passed, she made me a box and she gave it to me before she passed of things that she wanted me to wear on the three day in San Diego. I have that box and I will be wearing everything in that oh, box this year it. that she handpicked for me to wear in San Diego. Oh, I love and it. It's going to be so surreal when I go to San Diego with my team and just doing in honor of her what she would want me to do. So I will be doing, again, San Diego. I'm kind of getting choked up talking about it, but I will be doing San Diego and Dallas uh, next year. Anybody want to join me? I was I was going to say I, we might have some folks who who are ready to hop on that bandwagon with you. And 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 let me ask you, how many people end up doing a walk? I mean, like the picture that we showed of you and all all these other people walking. Um, it looks like a ton of folks. And so, if you've got a team and somebody else has a team, how how many people are involved in something like this? I don't have the actual numbers. I I was told it was more than two thousand going to San Diego this year. Wow! So I don't I don't don't know the total numbers that are going to San Diego. But you know, I will follow up and I will do a when I get back follow up and tell you how many walkers we had. And of course, you know, I'm going to be blasting Facebook with pictures. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we love that. We're going to be living vicariously through you. And we would absolutely, yeah. as a matter of fact, if um, when and when's the date of your walk in San Diego? I'm walking November 18th, 19th, 19th and 20th. Okay. Okay. So right, right before yeah. the Thanksgiving um, holiday. Yes. Okay, yeah. so so I'm going to yeah. see if we can get coordinate with you and Brandy Braley, who she is walking for um, her. Um, I believe it's for an, for an aunt um, who ha, who had breast cancer, and she's going to be in, she's going to be in San San, uh, San Diego as well. So maybe we can get both of y'all here after. Um, after y'all have walked to, to hear all about it. Um, and so are you flying, driving to, to San Diego? I am flying and I would love to, to meet Brandy one day. We, we do a team dinner at, at night, everybody. Um, so maybe I can get her number and we can, Ooh, I can absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. Oh, yay. Oh, we would love that. We would love that. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, okay, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Obviously, you're creating the um, you're creating awareness about the the disease itself, fundraising, and let's let's talk about. And I know there have been advances, obviously, like since my mom went through it, you know, to current day, you know, having a friend go through it. I know there have been a lot of advancements in the treatment um, and things of that nature. Faye, how how close are we? to a cure that that is the million dollar question yeah yeah i mean do do you hear when you're when you're out and about do you hear of um easier paths of treatment i know because i just know some of the you know you hear some of the horror stories of people where like the chemo or the radiation or the treatment almost kills them before it saves their life do you hear of um less invasive surgeries nowadays like in the years that you've been involved have you heard of um progress in treatment do you, do you feel like that's kind of where we're headed towards yeah you know Kathy when I when I'm out walking with everyone we really don't talk about it oh okay. interesting we we really just enjoy each other's company and know that we are doing what we can for a cause and coming together, just talking about, you know, being a blessing. Oh, we just that. have fun knowing that we're walking for people that are affected by this disease. Cause that's what it is. And we just yep. have a good time. We just have a good time. So, you know, statistics, I don't know the, the answers to that. I'm sorry, but I can, I can find that out for you, but, when we're walking, we, we walk and we talk about just different things and life and, 
you will be amazed at some of the things you see on the three day. Uh, there's one picture that I sent you of some dogs that uh, oh yeah, do we have? Oh <laughs> yeah, let's let's okay, let's talk about this picture because of course you know I I'm a you know I'm a ginormous dog fan and I saw this picture and I love this so so were were these just random people how how did this happen? Well, when you're walking because it's a route, people are encouraged to support the walkers. In this picture, you will see it was. So cute. We had to stop, of course, and take a picture. They dress their dogs a little, little, those are tutus, by the way. They put around their neck. That's so great. And we got to, we got to pet them and just hang out for a few minutes. So you will be surprised of all the things you see on the three-day walk. Oh, that's you, you so get fantastic. People in a, you get dogs, you get People out there want to give you a drink. You get people wanting to give you a hug. You get people that. that. Uh, It is amazing because the community comes together. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to seeing how San Diego comes together to support the three day. Oh, I I would imagine it's going to be a huge. Uh, just a huge celebration of life. And like you said, I, you know, I, I think it's great that it's almost um, because I know, uh, you know, I've had friends who have they've walked while they were going through, you know, breast cancer or when they had just gotten over treatment or, you know, they did part of the walk. Um, and so I think it's kind of a nice prop. I would imagine um, it is probably a really nice break to just get together and love life and just kick back celebrate uh, you know those who we've lost you know um, honor their memory and then get out there and just just have just have fun you know because when you get that cancer diagnosis it's just it's just so tough it's everything you know and everything kind of revolves around that and I think it's great that like you said people aren't talking about what kind of treatment or what they've got to go what what they're getting ready to go through or they've gone through y'all are out there posing like rock stars with dogs who are dressed up like rock stars yeah. you know and, and these two are these two are my team members we were walking this is actually a three-day walk we were walking and as we were walking we saw the dog and we of course we had to stop and take a photo but look well, at the smiles on our face and, and, te- and tell us walking. tell us Faye, real quick tell us the name of your two team members because you are walking with them again this year right yes ma'am yes ma'am uh, that is my, uh, her name is, happens to be Michelle also. <laughs> okay. And that, um, oh my gosh, she's going to kill me because I can't, Kelly. <laughs> Michelle and Kelly, they're two of my team members on Pink Souls in Motion. And as you see, we, we do different shirts uh, uh, every year. So we will have different shirts that we're going to wear as a team on the three-day um we just have fun. We have fun. Well, and and, and I, I love that because, you know, I think life is serious enough as is. And, you know, you know, we go through tough times and especially I my goodness, I, you know, I challenge anybody um, who while you're watching this show today or or tomorrow, whenever you whenever you catch it. And hello and thank you for tuning in. Um, I would be shocked if anybody on this feed hasn't had somebody in their life who's been affected and impacted by cancer. I just, um, that's yeah. one of those things that, you know, it's interesting, Faye, um, back in the day, you really didn't, oh, nobody wanted to, t- you didn't want to talk about cancer and it was, you know, whisper about it. And it's, you know, it was, it was a taboo subject. And, and I fast forward to today and these pictures I'm seeing of you and you and your friend and your friends and all of the folks who, who are out there supporting this effort and it's something that we talk about, and as a result of that, save, saves lives. You know, I mean, my goodness, you know, I'm sure you've had the conversation with your girlfriends. We've talked about self-breast exams, and it was a girlfriend of mine that had said to me that um, that she does her self-exam and um, did um, does soap with the water. Um, and, you know, and, and I even talked to my doctor who said, absolutely, if there's something that can help you better sense a change in your breast tissue, then absolutely. So 
I, I think that's the kind of stuff that saves lives. And so us being able right. to openly talk about it on podcasts, radios, TV, people posting about it like yourself all over social media, it just it's one of those things that makes it okay to talk about. And as a result, somebody might get diagnosed early and their life may be spared. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, the picture of Michelle where she's by herself, here's uh, what I want the readers to And we And we've got that right up. And this is yes. Michelle Bertone yes. Buck, who you are walking in honor Michelle of this Bert year. But what I want people to know about her is if you look at this picture, you can see her beautiful smile. Yes. She was a 10-year breast cancer survivor. <sighs> Um, when breast cancer came back, it came back with a vengeance. Um, she was a beautiful person inside and out. And I want people to know that in honor of her, if you want to support the memory of her, I am walking this year, which I've already met my goal, and next year of Dallas. So we have that uh, link up for that. But just know that you have to make sure you're doing your part and getting checked and, and doing things. So know that there are people out there that will support you on this journey. You're not alone. And if you, if you're listening and you have been affected by, by breast cancer, please let me know because our team, we have where we can, uh, I can submit for you to, to get a grant to help with your uh, situation. So we do different things. It's not just about us walking. We want to be a help to people. Well, and that's good to know. Let, let me ask you this, because I know a lot of women who end up going through breast cancer, especially if they're single or if they end up having to take a leave of absence from their job because of the cancer treatment, um, you know, surgery, recovery time, and then treatment, um, end up falling into hard times financially. Is there help for somebody who's dealing with something, a situation like that? Men or women, because again, men get breast yes, cancer too. Right, yes, yes. There are, there are so many resources available to people. Uh, um, again, as a team, we try to help people. Everybody tries to help and support. So I wanted people to know you're not alone. That's that's the whole thing. Just know you're not alone. We are walking, and all the people that are walking in San Diego will rally around you and help you and honor you. And I love the fact that there is a three-day walk. The oh, three-day walk is so important, and that's why we raise money and funds. So one day we won't have to worry about. I love, I, I love that. Well, God bless you, Faye Curtis. We love you dearly. Um, uh, your beautiful friend, Michelle, who you're honoring this year, we we honor her with you and um, just just want to say we love you to her family and um, to her friends and those who are still missing her. And we cannot wait to see pictures and hear all about it. And like I said, I'm going to get you and Brandy together so we can bring y'all on the show after y'all do the walk in San Diego and and let's let's um, let's just uh, talk about what a huge success it is and if people want to donate we've got that um, up there yeah. and it, can you drop it into like our Facebook feed or one of our social media feeds your link for um, yeah. the fundraising I can and also I wanted to say Michelle also did a boxer rescue and I know you're animal oh, lover too. Yay. Yay. Oh, I love it. That just makes us yeah. like her all the more. Well, thanks, Faye. We love you. Her husband helps out with Boxer Rescue as well. Well, so. then we might need to get him on the show talking about Boxer Rescue. Yes. We yes. would love that. Yes. Well, so give him my number. <laughs> Oh, all, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Faye. And um, we just think the world of you. You do so much good out there in your community and in the world for so many good causes. And God bless you and have a great weekend. And we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget, we got a couple more days in October. So wear your pink. I love it. Thanks. Bye, Faye. All right. Have a day. Bye. All right. Great information. And just, um, you know, what, what an incredible lady Faye Curtis is and just very blessed to call her friend. And I know JP is and, um,
just uh, just very honored to have her on the show and talk about all of the different great things she does. So breast cancer awareness, if you want to help out, Faye's got a link and a way for you to help and be part of her team and walk next year. I think she said the walk's back in Dallas next year, so that's good stuff. Um, we've Speaking of good stuff, we've got Congressman Van Taylor on with us. I want to say, I think he's in D.C. today, so let's get him on the screen and find out where he is talking to us from. There he is. How are you, Congressman? Good morning, good morning, and good morning. (laughs) We love it. We love it. Okay, so are you in D.C. today? Yes. Uh, we're going to vote and then finally get out of here and hopefully get back to Texas. Uh, you're ready. To, you are ready to come home after you're dealing with the swamp in D.C. I'm sure Congressional yeah. District 3 always looks good to you. Sure. Well, looking forward. To, yeah. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well and looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weekends when we celebrate the veterans sure. that you will be honoring. So can't wait to to talk about that and after after the event and celebrate the individuals who you, are, you will be honoring that day. Let's talk about just honoring the good old folks of the great state of Texas. And let's talk about. I mean, this is a humanitarian crisis. The fact that none of the major news stations at the liberal media is not reporting this is is beyond me. But you've recently been back down to the border. And I want to also talk about your sure. history with the border because this is nothing new to you, Congressman. You've been dealing with right. this issue and this building issue Oh, my goodness, you know, for decades now. So let's talk about your most recent visit. And also, if you can um, let those of those um, members who are new to the crew, let them know about your service on the border prior to being a congressman. Sure. So I actually my first uh, my first time on the other side of the border was actually 25 years ago uh, as a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps. I was part of Joint Task Force 6 which was a uh, unit put together under President Reagan and continued to be deployed under President Clinton, and that was to use U.S. military resources to protect our southern border. Uh, and went down, uh, been back on the border subsequently uh, in the state legislature and was recently down there last week. Um, and, you know, it's the worst it's ever been. Uh, the, the border, which was the most secure it had been in a generation, as a result of President Trump implementing his Remain in Mexico policy, his utilization of his Title 42 authority to deport people out uh, back to their home countries, and furthermore, his efforts to build a wall. So simple right. things that worked. Uh, he did that without Democrat help. I remember when I got to Congress, the Democrats fought very hard against building the wall, which was very effective, which does work. Um, and uh, the, you know, President Biden on day one, the very first day he was president, he got rid of those. He mm. stopped deporting. He stopped the wall. He stopped Remain in Mexico policy. And his terrible decisions have resulted in the least secure border we have seen in a generation. We just got the numbers this week, Kathy, that the number of illegal aliens arrested on the southern border of this country in September was the highest it has ever been in the history of our country. In fact, it's three times higher than it has ever been in the history of our country. It is out of control down there. President Biden is 100% responsible for this. His poor decisions uh, and what he's done has made America less secure. And and let's let's discuss that. I mean, it's all I, this man has not even been president for one year, Congressman, it's almost like overnight we went and, and you know, you and I, we, we've, we've both got tons of friends. We know business owners. We know people who live on the border, um, who have farms, ranches, businesses, who are trying to raise their family and just put food on the table. And it it was literally overnight that all of a sudden, I'm, I know your office was flooded with calls. I know JP and I were being hit up with people saying, we need help. It's like overnight the current president, the current administration undid everything good President Trump did. And now look where we are. Like you said, it's, you know, you've got a, you've got a 25 year plus history with the border. 
and it's the worst it's ever been. How is that in the year 2021 with all of the technology that we have and all of the resources we have? How does that happen? Sure. Well, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and actually I'm one of the very few members of Congress that has any experience uh, on, you know, on a, on a professional level on the U.S.-Mexican border. And so that unique perspective, I think, is very important uh, to send to Congress. I mean, we need people that have experience that actually applies to the challenges of the day. And um, President Biden uh, opened up the doors. Um, and you've heard many illegal aliens say, look, I came here because I heard President Biden was going to hand out free health care. I mm. came here because I heard that I would be able to stay. And he mm. is doing that. He has turned Border Patrol. And, and when I visited the Donna Processing Facility near McAllen, Texas, uh, last week, um, they were very clear with me that, look, morale is low. Uh, we are dispirited. Uh, you know, we have spent our lives uh, defending this border against anyone who would cross it. And we have been turned from a border patrol agency to a border processing agency. Anybody who wants to come in can come in. And our job is not to stop them or to return them. Our job is to send them on wherever it is they would care to go. Um, and that has made our, and so President Biden made these choices. These are choices he's made. I mean, he, he changed things on the U.S.-Mexican border. He's decided to do these things, and it is to the detriment of the safety and security of this country. And let me, let me explain that. Not only are criminals coming across, and I'm not saying everybody that comes across is a criminal, but there are criminals that are apprehended all the time in huge numbers and frightening numbers. Um, and you also have drugs coming across. So just to kind of go down that for a second. Let's and we yeah, let's very, talk about let's and I do want you to talk about this because I and I just recently and I wish I had the number you probably know it, the the increase in deaths from fentanyl and that's hitting our kids in Collin County sure. in our own backyard. People are like, well, that's down mm -hmm. at the border. The drugs that are killing yeah. those kids and like they're cutting. Um, and, and if I'm using these terms incorrectly, please, please somebody correct me, but they're like cutting marijuana cigarettes with fentanyl and the kids don't know it. And guess what? They're dead after one puff. That does impact us. Absolutely. No. Uh, it, and we have a very serious opioid problem in this country. Uh, in 2010, you were looking at between 10 and 15,000 uh, or in the 2000s, you're looking at between 10 and 15,000 drug overdoses a year. And the number would go up and down. And, but last year, last year, 92,000 Americans died from drug overdoses. Mm. 92,000 Americans died from drug overdoses. That is more Americans that have died in all the wars that have been fought mm. in my lifetime. Mm. More I, Americans so have died in one year from drug overdoses. And so common sense would tell you we need to keep drugs out of this country. Uh, and um, let me just tell you on a human level, and I've met with these families, you know, the family that had, you know, the, 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 the promising senior uh, at Frisco in Frisco um, who was about to graduate, who, who took that puff and who died. Uh, I mean, I've, I've met with that family um, I've, I've, I've talked to people who, you know, their grandmother in McKinney, Texas, died from a uh, from an opioid addiction and ultimately died from that opioid addiction. Mm. Um, the, the the and actually just just and just so we're clear, the the, the high water. The, if you look at the distribution of deaths by age demographic, it's across all ages. It's not unique to ch it's not young kids in their twenties. But the highest dying demographic is actually forty to fifty. So it's 40 to 50 people in the prime of their life wow. who are dying for drugs. And think about the loss of that family. Think about the loss, you know, what it does to their children, to their, to their siblings, to their spouse, to their parents, right? I mean, these are, these are real losses that our society is taking. And on our Southern border, border patrol has apprehended more fentanyl year to date than they have in the last three years combined. Right. So we have more drugs being caught on the southern border in the last nine months than were caught in the last three years combined. And right here in the DFW Metroplex, one of our county sheriffs was saying that 
the price of a hit of fentanyl in January was $50. And that has dropped to $15. So, so you're $50. saying from 50 to one five. So and so here's the thing. These drug dealers, this the cartel, they know what they're doing. You make Absolutely. a drug so unbelievably affordable that even somebody who doesn't have money to buy, you know, a new pair of shoes nope. can afford the drugs. They get hooked on them. And this and so and you're telling me some statistics that I haven't heard. And I, I try to be, you know, well read when it comes to things like this. I, I'm I'm blown away by the average age of somebody who is hooked on opioids. I, I just, you know, you always think of drug use and you think, okay, well, that's when you know kids are in high, junior high or high school, or they're in their early twenties, and you're not thinking straight, and you you know you haven't you haven't grown up yet. You're talking about contributing members of society who are between the age Absolutely. of forty and fifty. And, and you're right, that devastates an entire family. You go from being a taxpayer and somebody who can, uh, you know, help yeah. help your family get their next meal and put a roof over your head to somebody who is dependent upon a substance that's getting easier and easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper by the day and that's being brought into Texas in staggering numbers. Why Why are these numbers not all over the news? Well, the, the crisis on the border is so large and so multifaceted, right? So here you and I are taking the time, you know, to go into the, the, the drug problem. Um, and, and But let's be sure that we, we ascribe, you know, responsibility where it should be ascribed. And that's to President Biden. President Biden opened up our border. He has allowed massive, massive numbers of people to flow over. Um, you know, we are at, you know, again, a, a once in a generation crisis on the southern border. It is created, manufactured by the White House. President Biden has chosen to do what he's done. You know, he chose to stop building the wall. He chose on the first day of his presidency. Right. So day one, I'm not going to build the wall. I'm not going to deport people. I'm not going to use the remain in Mexico policy. And those are choices that he has made. Um, and those choices have consequences. And the consequences are to us here in Collin County, um, who are suffering uh, from the poor judgment and the bad decisions that this White House as, as, is, is doing. And it, it has a real consequence. And on the ground, you know, as I, as I was I at was an outdoor processing facility that was underneath an international bridge uh, coming into McAllen, Texas. And that, at that processing facility, the guy who was the Border Patrol agent who was running that facility said, look, it used to be that the the Illinois would would walk up along the bridge and come up into this processing facility. We processed them, and that was very efficient for us. We obviously don't want that, but but right. you know at least they were coming directly to us. We had to go, go get them. So cartels, which control every square inch of Mexico south of the Rio Grande, nobody crosses that border unless they're paying off the cartels. So understand that, that the cartels are profiting. A criminal enterprise is being enriched by President Biden's reckless policies on our southern border right now, as we speak. And that's been true since the very first day he came into office. Mm. It's one of the first things he did. And so those cartels are smart enough to understand, hey, let's use the human trafficking to help the drug trafficking. Right. So they started sending the human Instead of sending them on to go just walk across in the process, they would send them a couple miles to the east. And so the border patrol agents would have to go over there, get them in a bus, bring the outdoor processing facility, and then process them there. Well, while the, while the border patrol is dealing with the human trafficking operation that the cartels are running, the cartels are going to the west of the International Bridge, and they're running drugs over there. And so President Biden, I mean, what he has done has made our country less secure allowing illegal aliens to come in, allowing drugs to come in. And the other thing that's going on on the southern border, and I was very shocked when I, when I went into the Donna processing facility, they told me, look, we used to test, and we found out approximately a quarter of all the people crossing our southern border illegally, a quarter of them are COVID positive. And I said, that's incredible. That's a staggering uh, statistic. That's huge. How could it be a quarter? How could it be that high? Right. I said, well, you got to understand and I actually talked to some of the some of these people that were, you know, my Spanish is good enough. 
Kathy was able to go and talk to them. And so, and, and actually ask them, like, how did you get here? How long did it take? Uh, what, you know, and, and they were, they were walking, uh, they were coming by bus, but they were also spending the night in a stash house, right? So there'd be 50, 60 people mm. in a very small, you know, 2000 square foot house. And of course that is a prime breeding ground for COVID, right? So one person gets COVID, they spread to everybody else. They're in a bus right. for 10 hours on their way up. The high, high probability or, of, or, yeah, high probability of you getting COVID when you're exposed yep. like that. So, yep. and again, so I'm sitting here, you know, you, you see the things going on like with Southwest Airlines. You see, you know, some of the, you see companies. I've, I've got um, somebody very close to my family who has had a job, works from home, um, and is being told up until recently when, when Governor Abbott stopped it um, by an executive order was being told, doesn't matter, you're a great employee. I know you work from home. I know you've already had COVID and you've been tested and you've got antibodies out the wazoo, but you still have to get this shot. And again, and I'm going to say thank you because it was interesting. They had I, I had said, hey, call Congressman Van Taylor's office. They will be able to help. And so that person called your office and then called me back and said, wait, this is a this is a, I think this is a DC number, and I said it's probably somebody from Congressman Taylor's office calling. And sure enough, it was, and and y'all were able to help talk them through the process of you know how, how to get an exemption. But so you've got good Texans who are just hard workers who are being told you have to be vaccinated or you have to wear a mask or all these different rules that are being put on people. But everybody coming across the border. And like you said, a lot of them are coming over because of the cartel and they're bringing drugs and they're sex trafficking our children, you know, our, our you know, young girls all over the state of Texas. Where are their rules and regulations? Why, why do we as Texans, as citizens of the United States of America, why do we have all these rules and it's a big free for all with them? Yeah, it, it, it's just. Incredible, Kathy, because they, they, you know, the Border Patrol revealed to me that they are they are now testing virtually none of the people coming illegally across the border, and they're not vaccinating any of them. Mm. None of them are vaccinated, and they are sending them into the country, across the country, by plane, by bus, COVID positive. They know it, and they're told to do it by the Biden administration to send them in. And so you have the Biden administration. It's truly incredible they're literally telling companies you've got to vaccinate everybody or fire them but illegal aliens they can come into this country they don't have to get vaccinated and they can be covid positive and we'll just send them on their way it's truly astonishing how irresponsible hypocritical and two-faced that decision is by the biden administration it really, it really is. So let me ask you two questions. Um, for one, well, this isn't a question. This is kind of, this is rhetorical. I'm just going to throw this out there, and the crew can do it too with this what they will. Um, it's almost like Biden is targeting Texas, uh, maybe because of our love of liberty, our love of freedom, our love of you know individual liberty. I don't know. That's just that's just a, to put aside. But the two questions I have for you. So what? can Texas do? And I just was just reading this morning about some new things that some Governor Abbott giving the ability for the National Guard, I believe, to make arrests mm -hmm. um, of these folks. So I want to know your thoughts on that. And then in D.C., and I know, again, you're trying to be a voice of reason. You and a number of wonderful Texas congressmen are trying to be a voice of reason and solve this issue. What can be done with the current administration and their power that they have in D.C. So first, what can we do from a Texas point of view? And what do you think about what Governor Abbott's sure. doing? And then in D.C., what do we need to do? Well, we, so just Texas is, is stepping up. Uh, you know, Governor Abbott, the taxpayers of Texas, the Texas legislature is devoting, you know, billions of dollars to defending our southern border. And this is a travesty because this is a federal responsibility. It is a yes, federal job yes. to protect our international borders. It is not the job of the state of Texas and the Texas taxpayers to shoulder that burden. But again, irresponsible choices in Washington by President Biden is forcing this burden on the taxpayers of Texas. Uh, that I, I met with the Texas Department of Public Safety. Um, I, I actually was on the Riverine Patrol. I went on the on the Rio Grande uh, in their in their boats as they were patrolling. Uh, looking for drug smugglers, looking for human traffickers um, uh, along the border. 
And you know, the, the, the Texas Department of Public Safety is working carefully uh, and thoughtfully with the Border Patrol, and they are doing all that they can do. Um, they are helping to detain people. Um, unfortunately, federal law, uh, state law enforcement cannot enforce federal immigration law. And that has been, that is not only in statute, but it's also been tested in case law. Uh, so there is a, there's a, a case law uh, that, 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 that really constrains the ability of Border Patrol, of Texas Department of Public Safety to stop, to really do as much as I think you and I would want them to right, do. Right, right. Um, um, but what they are doing, and I'll give you an example of, of, you know, of what Texas is doing. Uh, when the uh, almost 15,000 Haitians showed up in Rio Grande City, Texas. Um, the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety, in conjunction with our National Guardsmen, actually we put 2,000 troopers and National Guardsmen approximate to them because we were worried that they would actually riot and start to, you know, and, and actually rampage into the town of Rio Grande City and harm civilians. And so Texans um, stood up and you know, sent their national guardsmen, sent their public trooper, their state troopers in there, and they went in and you know, you know, got the Haitians to not riot, um, and to you know, and defended the town. So I'm very proud of Governor Abbott for what he's doing. He is yes. stepping up in a major way. He is doing a, everything that I think he can do legally within the bounds of the law uh, to try to defend our southern border. Right. Well, and that's one of those things that again, you know, you hear. You hear a lot of ideas out there that sound like good ideas, and especially, you know, because we're, we're starting to hit campaign season here, and you hear a lot of people talking about this, that, or the other. But, again, you've got to go back to legally we are bound to certain things we can do um, and certain things we cannot do, um, wrong or right, like it or, you know, love it or like it or hate it or whatever – you have you have to operate within the confine, confines of the of the law. So um, so let's talk about that. So in in D.C. and I know in, in you know God bless you for all your efforts you know on behalf of um, Congressional District Three in D.C. You've got to feel like you've really got to feel like and I don't know what else to say other than you've got to feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall, brick wall over and sure. over and over because you're trying to bring logical solutions. I know you're very solution oriented. You're trying to bring rational thinking into a place where it's it's not it's frowned upon. Yeah, well, you know, look, I've joined with, you know, other Republicans uh, in Congress, uh, Texans and other Republicans uh, to fight back. Uh, we've done press conferences. Uh, we've authored bills, letters, resolutions. Just yesterday on the U.S. House floor, I signed the discharge petition to get a remain in Mexico policy bill authored by Andy Biggs, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, to come to the to force that bill to come to the floor to compel the White House to follow the law and stop letting people who are claiming asylum stay in this country and send them back to Mexico. That's what President Trump did. Right. It was a very good policy. I was very proud to support President Trump when he implemented that policy. I think it was the right policy. And clearly it was effective. It worked. Right. I mean, the, 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 it's in the numbers. You cannot dispute the data. And the data says that remain in Mexico and the wall and deportations created the most secure border we had had in a generation. And you also know that getting rid of those three policies, which is what President Biden did on day one, made it, gave us one of the least secure borders that we have had in a generation. Um, so uh, you know, I stand here in Washington, and I'm trying to bring attention to this problem. This is a serious problem. It needs to be dealt with. It's hurting our communities. It's creating a humanitarian crisis, a drug crisis. Uh, it is empowering and enriching the drug cartels, which seek to do nothing good for America. The right. drug cartels are not to be liked or, or wanted. We, we don't do anything good for them. But the Biden administration is happy basically to work hand in hand with them. I mean, this right. is a business for the drug cartels. The drug cartels are actually advertising on television <laughs> in Guatemala, in El Salvador, in Honduras, in southern Mexico. Saying, we will get you safely to the border. The, the going rate is four to six thousand dollars per person mm. to be trafficked from a northern triangle country uh, 
to the Border Patrol in McAllen, Texas. And what is shocking about this is that the payment is due upon delivery to the Border Patrol. So the cartels have set it up, the drug cartels have set it up so that if the person that they're smuggling gets to Border Patrol, that's a touchdown. It used to be if they got to Border Patrol, they were going to be deported or they were going to be sent back to Mexico to adjudicate their asylum right, there. Right. And so that wasn't a win. But it's a win now because President Biden has made it a win for the drug cartel. And, and that's just, and I just how how can and, and again, a rhetorical question. How can an American president do that um, and do that to you know, it, it, not only our state, but several other states in the union who are on the border as well? Well, and, you know, and I think we all remember, you know, President Trump saying we need America first. Yes. And I think what you're seeing on the U.S.-Mexican border, this idea of turning border patrol into a border processing, the idea of letting people who are COVID positive into our country, it is no longer America first. It is yeah. illegal aliens first and Americans last. Boy, uh, and boy just, howdy, you know, that's, that's true. To, the pre- this president needs to stop that. And he needs to put Americans first again. And he needs to secure our border. He needs to re-implement the Remain in Mexico policy. He needs to build the wall. You know, yeah. What was incredibly frustrating for me, driving on the southern border last week, was seeing walls that had stopped construction, seeing a gate that had not been hooked up with electricity because they had because uh, because President Biden had told them stop, don't build the gate, don't hook it up with electricity, and so the gate's wide open. Or the wall goes along and then it stops. Or driving past acre after acre after acre, stacked 10, 20, 30 feet high of materials to build that wall, to build the wall to protect our work. I was talking to another congressman who was saying that the Biden administration is talking to someone about paying a contractor to destroy the the fencing material. (gasps) Because they oh don't want the next administration to buy what is already owned by the taxpayer. Taxpayers paid for it. So they're like, oh, we want you to destroy it. We'll pay you to destroy government property, not because it makes economic sense, but because ideologically they don't want the wall. They're that opposed to the wall. That is, just, that's. I mean, that's so frightening that that's even a com- conversation or a thought process. Now, fortunately, you've you've got uh, quite a few members of the crew who are um, agreeing with you today. We've got Ann Guzman said. Why can't we protect our borders like we do when we send send our soldiers to other countries? And then Marvin sure. says most of Congress, obviously present company excluded, most of Congress doesn't see anything that happens outside of the limits of D.C. Yeah. Well, and and just you know for the troops that are on our southern border. So when I was a U.S. Marine, I was sent down to our southern border, and what was shocking to me is that I had no legal ability to defend myself beyond what a civilian would have, what Kathy, you and I would have right. to defend ourselves. And so because of that experience and seeing that go awry, I actually worked when I was in the Texas Senate to pass legislation to allow National Guardsmen who are under state orders, so, so the members of the Texas Military Department who are on the U.S.-Mexican border under Governor Abbott's orders, right now that are being paid for by the taxpayers of Texas, they have the legal authority to defend themselves. Um, They have the same status to defend themselves that the border patrol agents or the DPS agents uh, that are troopers that are there with them right now. They all, all of them have the same legal authority to defend themselves. Well, and again, I think you're, we're in a unique position with you as, as a congressman that you you have seen what can work on the border and and really mm-hmm. the sad thing is and you know I, I and you know, I was just at the Texas Federation of Republican Women's Convention and and this was the border was a big topic that all of us you know in our free time over a glass of wine were discussing you know the issues especially with our our sisters from the south uh, the you know the southern borders who were there and um You've you've got a couple of congressional candidates that are running as Republicans that are running literally on the mantra of securing the border because that's their own backyard. That's their own front yard. So it unfortunately, when I'm talking to folks, I'm saying outside of the limited things that that Governor Abbott can do in Texas and he's doing what he can do. 
you as a congressman until you have more people who think like you in Congress, unfortunately, really our hands are tied because the the, pres, the current president doesn't care about the Texas border, doesn't, doesn't care about the people who are here, the hardworking Texans, and doesn't care about the folks coming over. No, and it, it, let me say, we just have to keep the pressure on this administration. Yes. We, we, we actually did get a win last week. Um, oh, okay. So... Uh, so we, uh, so there have been lawsuits against the administration for all the terrible things they've done. Yes. And one of the lawsuits was, hey, you need to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy. And actually, this, this case went all the way up to the Supreme Court almost two months ago. And the Supreme Court told the, White, told the White House, you need to follow the law. You need to reimplement the Remain in Mexico policy. And the White House spent six weeks hemming and hawing over whether or not they wanted to follow that instruction from the Supreme Court. And last week, they said, okay, you know what? We're going to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy. And I think that is a testament to the hard work of Texans and Americans that have put pressure on the White House and on Congress to actually follow the law. Now, I have to admit, I'm skeptical. I mean, this is the White House that has shown they don't live up to their commitment. The president said, I'm not going to raise taxes on people making under $400,000 a year. And (laughs) look at the trillions of dollars in new taxes that are in front of Congress Mm -mm. today. Mm-hmm. The president said, I will leave no person behind. I will not leave anybody behind. We're not leaving Afghanistan until we get everybody out. Right now, my office is trying to get 450 people out of Afghanistan. Wow. 450. Mm. Who right? were left this behind. Is, this is, this is, These are real people who is, were left behind. Yeah, this, but this is a president that has consistently not lived up to his commitment. So him saying, I'm going to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy, I am skeptical, but I know that if we keep the pressure on, maybe, maybe we can get that one policy change put back on. And that will help. It's not going to solve the problem. We, President Trump solved, you know, I don't want to say he solved it, but he got it into the most difficult yes, we've had. Yes, he did. Generation. He absolutely um, did. And it's going to be hard to get it back. And I don't, I don't think this president's capable of doing that. I don't think he will do that. I don't think he wants to do right. that. But hopefully he'll listen to the Supreme Court. He'll follow the law and he'll reinstitute the Remain in Mexico policy. But there's a lot of howling from the very far left who seems to get to call the shots for this White House. Yeah, and and they do. I mean, there's there's no two ways around that. So um, as we wrap up, if somebody is watching this and they want to find, they they're like, hey, I'm I'm angry. What do I do? Who do, do they write a letter to the president? Do they write a letter sure. to send it, obviously send an email to you? To, send it, Send an email to your congressman, to your senators, to the White House. Tell them what you want. Uh, that makes an impact. The okay. more the more people that communicate, uh, you know, I track you know every day who sends in letters, what they're writing about. I care about that. Uh, right. I have a hundred percent meeting policy, as you know. Yes, Kathy. you do. I've yes. listened to every single constituent that's ever asked to have a meeting with me. I've heard it from people on both sides of this. But what I can tell you is I haven't met anybody that wants to see more drugs coming to this country. No, I haven't met no. anybody that wants to see more people who are COVID positive coming into this country. Yeah. I haven't met anybody that wants to see more human suffering on the southern border. Right. So, so, so I think we could agree as Americans that what's going on on our southern border is unacceptable. And Amen. And it needs to stop. Amen. And we know the policies that work because they were in place. When, when Donald Trump put them in place and President Biden ripped them up on day one. Yeah, yeah. and just, and, and I just, you know, you go back and, and then I want you to tell people how they can get in touch with you. You go back and you think sure. of, we, we're not even a year into this presidency and literally it was, it was like it was overnight. It, it, there are things that I just, and you've talked about this before, we go back to Afghanistan and the discussions you had about that in great detail when, when we were dealing with that tragedy and we were losing people and we knew people were being left behind. There's a lot of things that if, if Biden would have just let it be, we wouldn't be in the turmoil that we're in right now. We wouldn't be in dire sure. straits no, right no. now. Yeah. All, all, all. All President Biden had to do to secure the border was nothing. Yeah. If he had just done nothing, we would have a secure border. We wouldn't have the drugs coming over. We wouldn't have the COVID positive people coming over. We wouldn't have the criminals coming over. We wouldn't have the problems that he has created, his decisions. I mean, he acted affirmatively to create the crisis on the southern border. And it is, I mean, look, just think about it. You know, just the month of September, 
three times higher than it had ever been mm. in the history of our country. Three times higher. Mm. Well, three and times con- higher. Congressman, that, that is, and, 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 and I, I yeah. hope, I hope that somehow it magically goes away. But hope, <laughs> as they taught me as, a, as an officer of the Marine Corps, is not a strategy. Right. Hope is not a strategy. It's not. Um, it's you not. Need to take, you need to take concrete steps, you know, and, and we know it works. Building a wall works. We do. Supporting people work. Yeah. Remain in Mexico works. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's it literally, you know, when, when you come on our show and talk about this, it just seems like, you know, it just it, we're in a world that's upside down right now. Now, if, if people want to get in touch with you, they want to follow you, they want to get, get your newsletters, um, sure. and they don't have to be in your congressional district to get this. So how, how can they get in touch with you, Congressman? Um, you can you can go to my, my congressional website. You just Google Van Taylor Congressman and you'll you'll get it. And I, I think we'll try to put that in your uh, in your Facebook awesome. feed there so people We'd can get it that. as well. But uh, great to be with you, Kathy. Thank Appreciate, you. Uh, and and a happy happy Friday to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Same to you. And can't wait to get you back in CD three. Thank you for all the good work you do right. and that you've done over the years, and for your service to our country and your continued service. Um, you and your family have a blessed weekend, and we'll see you soon, Congressman. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, you know, a wealth of information, and unfortunately. Whenever, Cong- you know, whenever Congressman Taylor comes on the show, you hear of just the human suffering and the pain that is being put upon us by this current administration. So um, we need prayer. We need you, first of all, pray. We, we, need, we need praise that maybe, you know, prayers that maybe this president, his heart will be softened and, um, you know, He'll try to help these people who are who are in need here in Texas. Uh, we're all in need. You know, you you hear every day about some other horror story, and a lot of it has to do it revolves around drugs, and so it, it's heartbreaking. Um, right? If you're in Congressman Taylor's uh, congressional district, write to him. Write to Senator Cornyn. Write to Senator Cruz. Um, write to the president. Um, write the you know send an email and you can send the same email to everybody and copy everybody. Um, if if you've got a different um, congressman, even if it's a congressman who doesn't support what you support and doesn't su- support border security, those numbers do matter. And especially as we come closer and closer, that you know we've got our constitutional amendment election, which is coming up the first Tuesday in November, early voting is going on right now. Um, But this time next year, all of these folks will be up for re-election. Well, not, not necessarily the United States, the congressmen will be up for, up for re-election. And and those are the ones, and some of the United States senators will be up um, for re-election, but this is one of those things that those those letters and those emails and those calls make a difference. Um, so it is what it is. That's just how politics works a lot of times. Not everybody gets a congressman like Congressman Van Taylor, who's very accessible and is listening to be the people. So um, reach out. Uh, it, you know, it can't hurt, and it just takes a few minutes. So um, anyways, that's I guess that's it for today. We've gone a little bit over time, but we've just had we had two very important, two great guests with great information. And um, again, if you want to support Faye Curtis and her efforts and honor her friend Michelle along with her, she would love for you to do so. Get on her site and donate and help out. And then um, think about joining her walk team for 60 miles this time next year. And then um, we'll be looking forward to having her and Brandy come in after they both do the walk in San Diego. Um, can't wait to hear all the fun stories and see all the great pictures that go with that. Have a wonderful and a blessed weekend, and we will see you next week. We've got This Pink Cloud coming up, um, a show all about recovery, and um, especially with everything going on in society nowadays, a show about recovery is is a good show to have, and we're very proud of the work that Kelly Reverb does on that. Um, he is my brother, so I will, I will let you know that. I will tell you that. Um, so uh, Kelly Reverb and This Pink Cloud coming up after that. Then we've got Kilroy's Conversation on Saturday. We've got Ask Dr. Be Good, a very special edition of her show, and I was honored to be on the show with her. Um, uh, for, first of all, talking a little bit about CRT and one of the local school districts and just kind of how to, moving forward, how do teachers um, 
handle controversial emotional subjects um so we talk a little bit about that and then she has some information that I think everybody needs to hear. She recently had a suicide in her family and in dealing with that, she's learned some good information and um, and God bless her for being willing to get on the air and talk about that. So that'll be this coming Sunday. And then JP and I'll be back, uh, back again and all zany on Monday. And then um, after that, we'll have Heart and Soul of Texas Women on uh mid-morning on Monday. So a Christian women's show about faith and and we'd love to have you join us. All right, y'all have a blessed weekend. Thanks for staying, staying with us today and we'll see you soon.